Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually and then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey, this is Melvin. We're actually on break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but I thought it would be fun just to share some of the most popular episodes as well as some of my most favorite episodes from uh, Selling the Couch. We've had over 200 episodes now, and I know that for me, listening to some of these old episodes, I always pick up something and learn something new. So I hope that you enjoy today's session. Before we do get to today's session, I just wanted you to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory if you haven't had a chance. Uh, Basically, the directory makes it easier for us to connect and support one another as we grow our businesses. So after you register and you sign up, you you create a profile that lets us know more about your practice, the good work that you're doing in the world, uh, the unique niches that you serve, niches beyond just a traditional DSM diagnosis, uh, groups and workshops and retreats and areas of consultation, all of those different things. And after you fill that out, um, it's actually way uh, easier than it sounds. But uh, after you fill it out, your practice gets placed on a Google map. That way, fellow couchies can find you in order to cross-refer clients. If they need a consult on a certain area, they can do that as well. Um, One of the things that we actually have been working on that I'm just like really excited about um, with this recent update is we created a custom cross-refer tool. Um, So if you look on any of these online communities, a lot of times you'll see, you know, hey, I'm looking for, you know, a clinician that that lives in this area, that accepts this insurance, that, you know, works with millennials. And so we thought, why not just make it easy and create a tool to do this? So you basically can run just some filters so you can, you know, ask questions like that. And you click just a a number of different things and you get search results. um, And it makes the process of just cross-referring a lot easier. You can learn more about the directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. And please enter the promo code podcast for your first month absolutely free. We'll get right to today's session. Here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 218 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So today's podcast topic, I called it how to calculate your fees to ensure a profit while considering our lifestyle and our business expenses. Really long title, but the reason I wanted to have today's guest, who is Raina Lombardi. Raina is based down in Florida. She is an art therapist. And she's also, her blog is over at creativeclinicianscorner.com. And I wanted to have Raina on the podcast to talk about 
how to calculate our fees because Rena has really been through the fire and experienced uh, what it's like to be in debt and to, to build a business and to figure out how to set fees and all of those different challenges that come with being a private practice owner. I know that setting fees is something that many of us struggle with. I know it's something that I constantly still struggle with every product and service that I launch. And so I hope that today's podcast conversation just gives you a different way of looking at fees, one that uses data, but not in a nerdy way, some actual objective data in order to figure out where your numbers should lie. Before we do get to today's podcast conversation, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for supporting last year's podcast and for being supporters of uh, this year's podcast as well. Um, Therapy Notes is an electronic health record, and they're actually the ones that I'm using for my own private practice. And one of the really cool things that I've been utilizing on my private practice website, you can check it out. This is a plug for my private practice website, but you can just check out to see how it operates over at melvinbergis.com. But you can actually set up a client portal so that potential clients that are interested, they can actually... So basically what I ended up doing is I set aside times that I'm available for consults And then I set up the client portal so that new clients come in and they can schedule on one of those times. So everything is kind of automated that way. It's both helpful to the client and then also helpful for me as well. So we're not going back and forth. You can learn more about Therapy Notes and the services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash therapy notes. We'll get right to today's conversation. So here's my conversation with Lorena Lombardi from creativeclinicianscorner.com. Hey, Raina, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hi, Melvin. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful that you reached out. I'm excited for this conversation because I feel like every time we have a conversation on fees on the podcast, one, it just helps a lot of clinicians. And, and more than that, I, I feel like fees are are something that I still struggle with. Money is something that, you know, most of us still struggle with. And so I'm really looking forward to learning how you calculate your fees while considering, you know, like life and and business expenses and all of those different things. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a challenging topic. And um, it's hard to talk about for a lot of people. But it's really essential when we're developing our own practice because it is a business and it has to take care of the business expenses, which there are a lot of, or can be a lot of. And then it also has to be able to take care of you as an individual and your family. And so it's just a really important topic. I feel like I'm getting a little better with it, but I mean, truth be told, I still run into this issue every time. So every time I create a product for selling the couch, I am like, oh, what should my fees be? Oh, you know, like, oh, this feels like maybe it's too high or this feels like it's too low. And even like recently, I revamped my private practice website because I, you know, just wanted to like focus in and hone in a little bit more niche. And I'm out of network, I'm private pay, and my fees are a bit higher than other clinicians, especially in the area. And I really struggled with that. And one of the things that was helpful for me is just to like take a step back and look at the numbers. And I feel like 
it was liberating in one way, but it was like scary on the other. But I, I really am looking forward to some of these like tips that you could share with us. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard for me too, even though I really try to stick with my protocol and utilize all the numbers to make my decisions and not make my decisions from a place of emotion or feeling. When we were talking about this before we recorded this episode, uh, one of the things I was just thinking about is let's like really dive deep. And why don't we just like, you know, I know that, you know, you did, you, you know, you thought through some of this stuff and, and we just thought, you know, why not just share like five practical tips that we can all take away in terms of calculating your fees. So what would you say is like the number one tip that we, we should consider when calculating our fees to ensure a profit? Yeah. So the first thing I think that we have to do is really get clear and understand what our personal expenses are and the amount of money that we need to make in order to take care of ourselves and our family, but not just what are our expenses today, because I think a lot of people coming into practice have been working in a nonprofit sector or working at an agency. And it doesn't seem to matter where we are in the country. The amount of money that people are paid in those positions is, is typically very low. And so people might be carrying a lot of debt in order to be able to survive. And so I think it's important that you get real clear about what your personal expenses are, what you need to do to reduce the amount of debt that you're carrying, which will decrease the amount of stress that you have over how much money you need to make in the practice. Also look at what's the life that you really want to live. For a lot of people, when we're working in a corporate structure, we might only get 10 days off a year, 10 paid days off a year, or we have to be vested for many years within a company before we can get 15 days off a year. But that might not be enough in private practice as you're doing the technical work of providing the therapy and holding space for the clinical portion of things you're also now taking on a new hat and the new role of being an administrator. And that then takes on an additional workload. And so you're probably going to need more time off or perhaps you really want more time off. And I don't think it's a bad thing to want more time off. I'm so glad you said that because I feel like many of us have guilt right? Especially as small business owners about taking time off. And I don't know, I, I think I've been recently like that's been weighing a lot on me. And I think one of the things that I learned is like what you just said is sometimes all small business owners need that extra time off because there's just certain things that you can't account for when you're working like a, you know, nine to five job, right? That you have to do outside of the small business. Yeah. Two, it's like, for me, time off has been so valuable because it gives me a time to recharge. Like I used to think running a small business meant running what I call like a marathon sprint. So you're basically running a marathon, but you're sprinting through the entire right. thing. And what I've kind of tried to do is now 
is I see it more as like short sprints with periods of rest. I love that. I love that. It's true. That downtime is really essential because you end up having so many different responsibilities that you have to change gears all the time. And so it can be pretty taxing on your brain. At least I'll speak for me. It's pretty taxing on my brain to manage all of these different responsibilities that I have as a practice owner. And I find that one of the things that I value most is the ability to carve out chunks of time every so often throughout the year to have the downtime to, you know, decompress and let go and not, not focus on the work because being in small business, it can totally consume your life if you allow it to. And I think a lot of people do, and then they experience burnout Um, and that's not healthy for you and not healthy for me. And it's not healthy for the people that we're serving because if we're burned out, then we don't have the ability to really be present in the room with them. And that's our job. And that's what we set out to do. I think a lot of us leave the agency work so that we can hold space for people in the way that we want to hold space And usually it's to try and escape that overwhelm and that productivity monster. And so we want to make sure that when we're creating our fee structure, that that fee fee structure is going to be able to support that. It's going to be able to support us taking time off on a regular, consistent basis. And it's going to be able to allow for emergencies when we don't expect it. I have survived a hurricane, which basically shut my business down for a month, solid month that was unexpected in 2017. And then of course, after the hurricane came, my office had experienced some significant damage. And so that impacted my ability to practice. But moreover, my clients were impacted by this, this storm too, this natural disaster. And a lot of them It affected their ability to work, which then impacted their ability to pay for services. And because I budget so much time off, the practice was able to carry that loss without it really impacting my bottom line. That's awesome. And I mean, like, you know, obviously not the, not the hurricane part, but the fact that you actually like anticipated and, you know, that you actually accounted that through that. By setting time off. You said something earlier that I wanted to actually like circle back to. You said one of the first things that in terms of setting your fees to ensure a profit is you have to look at your lifestyle and more specifically your personal expenses. What would you say is like a common personal expense that usually gets people more into debt or that they that gets people more into debt, but that can be like remedied in some way? Like Oh yeah. Well, I will say this before I started going into practice, my husband and I had carried a significant amount of credit card debt 
And we ended up putting ourselves in a debt management program, which allowed us to condense all of the different credit cards into one and then, or not into one credit card, but through the debt management, we made one payment to them and then they dispersed it to the different cards to pay them off without affecting our credit score in any way. They also renegotiated rates for the credit cards to reduce them. And so we paid down, we paid off, it was a little over $20,000 in credit card debt as I was first starting out in private practice and I was working for a another group and I was just working there part-time and I still had my full-time job. And so I made the commitment to pay down all of that debt. And then once that debt was paid down, then I started the process of saving. But I also made the commitment not to use any credit cards after that time. And then not to take out any loans or anything to start the practice either. But just the simple act of eliminating that credit card debt can make a huge emotional difference, I think, because that just feels like a heavy weight on somebody's shoulders carrying that around. So if people can do that, I think that can be a really helpful thing for them. And then that's one less monthly expense that you have to worry about. Absolutely. So the first tip is get clear and understand what personal expenses are. And then it's more specifically in the debt that you're carrying. What would you say is like a second tip that you could share with us? Yeah. So the second tip is within that personal expenses, make sure to account and budget for the way you want to be spending time off. So if there are particular things that you want to be able to do in order to take care of yourself, nurture yourself and reward yourself for the hard work that you're doing. Um, Say like different types of vacations, for example. You wanna make sure that you're budgeting for those in your personal expenses and then figuring out, okay, vacation A, I'm gonna have this amount of money set aside for that trip. Vacation B is going to be a larger trip, so I'm going to set aside this amount of money. Vacation C might be even more. It just depends upon what it is that you do and if you're, you know, taking a vacation by yourself or if you're taking a vacation for your whole family, how that's going to work. Um, But you want to make sure that you're budgeting for that and your personal expenses in advance so that you know when you do take the time off that you're going to be able to go away and get away. And I hear from other business owners, and I know for myself, if I stay home during time off, I'm probably going to be doing some type of work, whether that's work around the house, projects around the house, or maybe administrative tasks that I typically struggle to get done during the typical work week. But if I leave and go somewhere, that's when I really can slow down and get the benefit of relaxing and just turning everything off and checking out. And so I think that is really important to do. Yeah, that's such a good piece of advice. So the second one, again, is in terms of like your personal time off, like how do you, personal expenses and personal time off, like how do you want to spend it? So how do you want to spend that time off? So we should 
budget for that as opposed to being like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to go to Europe and, and, you know, like one week before, right? Which is, and I think the thing you're also saying is like, as you're doing this, you're becoming more clear on your numbers, right? So one, you're not carrying debt to do any of this stuff, but then you're also setting realistic expectations in terms of like what you can do with your time off. Absolutely. And I know from listening to your show that you're a fan of Profit First and I'm a fan of Profit First and I love the idea of having multiple bank accounts to be able to isolate funds for different things and put it there from the beginning and not touch it so that you create that budget for your vacation and you know how much out of every salary disbursement that you give yourself, you're going to put into that particular account so that when it comes time to take your vacation, you have, it's paid and you have enough spending money for you to really not worry and enjoy yourself. Mm, That's awesome. What would you say is like a third piece of advice that you could share with us in terms of calculating our fees to ensure that we're actually making a profit? The third piece of advice is if you haven't started a practice yet, then you want to really talk to somebody about what their expenses are so that you can get an estimate. So when I say talk to somebody, talk to somebody in your locale who might, you know, you get an idea of what they're paying in terms of rent for a space, how much they're spending on, you know, internet, if they're using internet at their office, any kind of technology and things like that, so that you can put a really strong estimate of your practice expenses together. If you're already in practice, then you want to be tracking that data every month, but you also want to be tracking it, you know, throughout the year so that you can break down your annual or biannual expenses, things that you don't pay out monthly, and you can break them down into your monthly expenses by dividing it up so that you have a general estimate of what it costs to operate your practice monthly based on all of the expenses for the entire year. Yeah. And I I like the fact like you said, reach out to somebody in your local area. That way you're accounting for like local real estate prices, local cost of goods, all of that stuff. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, I'm in Florida and what it costs me to operate in Florida is going to be totally different than where you're at in Philadelphia. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. I do miss the South. (laughs) (laughs) It's warm here. (laughs) (laughs) And I think slightly less expensive, although I went back to Texas recently. I was like, man, these real estate prices are pretty comparable to Philly now. Yeah, the cost of living has really risen in the South, especially where I'm at in Florida. The cost of living is is substantial on the coast. We're close to the water and the beaches. And so, you know, you kind of have to pay for that luxury. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think it just speaks to like, we can haul vision and have that, you know, live where we want to and have our offices. But at the same time, it's good to have the wisdom to figure out like what's realistically the expenses that are going to come. And and I love that tip about just reaching out to like local clinicians. 
what would you say is the fourth tip? So then the fourth tip is to create an itemized list of all the different services that you're going to be able to offer within your practice or that you are offering in your practice. And it could be also products if you're providing and selling certain products and you want to utilize that into your tabulation. But once you have an idea of what you're doing weekly, what you're doing monthly, what you might be doing quarterly or annually, then you can look at how to organize what you're charging for each one of those things and to make sure that it matches up with your personal monthly expenses plus your professional or practice monthly expenses. So what you're, so I guess I had a a random question. So I guess when you're saying that this would assume that this is a clinician that's listening and they have existing products and or services, right? Sure. Um, What about if it's somebody that's like starting out and they, you know, they know, for example, okay, I want to do some one-on-one work and then maybe they want to do some paid speaking but they actually haven't, you know, don't have the money coming in for that. So how do you account for it in that case? So that that's an excellent question. And I used this to determine what I was going to charge when I first went out on my own. And then I figured out how much of what I was going to need to do in order to meet the expenses. And so what I I have like a tabulation process and a spreadsheet that we can share with listeners if they're interested and it breaks it all down. And what you would do is you would list what you want to do. So maybe you want to, you want to do 10 individual sessions a week and you want to do one monthly training or speaking engagement a month. And you want to do a weekly group with six participants at the max, then you can put it all in this itemized list and then you can play around with the fees. So it's kind of like a plug and play. Okay, this is what I think I should be charging. And then you can put it in there and you can calculate it. And then you can really see that, oh no, that doesn't actually live up to the amount of what I need to bring home for my salary and with my practice expenses. So I need to adjust something's fees. If I don't adjust that fee, then I need to look at adjusting another fee or adding a different service or even better evaluating how you can reduce your monthly expenses I always think that it's easier to reduce your expenses and you have more control over that than you do with increasing the amount of services that you're going to provide or raising the fees. Especially starting out, it might be difficult for people to feel like they can charge a certain fee or you might be in a community that can't support that level of fee. And so then it requires you to be a little creative in how you're 
managing the expenses for operating your business. That's cool. So the fourth tip is create an itemized list of service and products. And then what would you say is the final tip that you would share with us? Yeah. The final tip is when you're calculating the bottom line number for what you need, we're going to multiply a percentage of the profit that you want your business to make. So oftentimes we don't think about our business being profitable. We think that it's profitable when it pays all of our bills, but then we kind of zero out the balance and we don't have anything left over. But that doesn't allow for growth. doesn't allow for, for us to continue to expand. And in order for us to expand, we need to be able to save. We need to have profitability. And if people want to build a practice and then be able to sell it later on, say before they retire, which a lot of people do, then we need to have that, the, the financial data demonstrating that this business is profitable. And that helps increase the amount that you can charge to sell your business. So when we're calculating what we need to earn, your total minimum needed income to be earned by the practice, we want to multiply a percentage for profit based on like what our personal expenses are and what our practice monthly expenses are. So we total that. And then we're going to multiply it by how much of a profit do we want to make here. And so you might start off with saying, well, I maybe I only want to make 1% profit because I'm kind of starting out. And then slowly increase it over time to the number that you would like to be creating for profit. And then with the profit, you can put that into a separate account and watch it grow and build. And then you're able to deal with it how you'd like to deal with it. But at least if you're calculating it in from the beginning, you're making a, a conscientious effort to ensure that that's going to happen. And it's not just, well, if it happens. Right. Yeah. It's almost like I can all account for that next year or next quarter, and then it actually never happens. Right. Right. Or we'll see what happens, like how the numbers go if I actually make a profit. Well, that seems like gambling to me. Hmm. Right. And let me, I guess, let me just make sure I, I understood. So profit is something, it's almost like it's the money that you're making in your business, but it's like the extra money that you're almost like rewarding yourself for being an owner of a business. It's different than the money that you're paying, the salary that you're paying yourself. Correct. It's the earnings that come in on top of your salary and on top of the business expenses that your business is paying for. And yeah. Is 1% like, is that a good like general starting point or like what's, what would you recommend? I think 1% is an easy number to start with. It's easier than say 5% or 10%. And I think, you know, in looking in the profit first materials, I think he recommends 
you know, starting off small and then building up. And he had certain percentage points allocated to different types of businesses based on their earning potential, right? Like what percentage a small business that maybe is only making up to 250,000 would make and then what a larger profit share would be for, you know, a million dollar business would be making. And like, obviously, the more money that the business is making, the higher the potential for profit. But if you're deliberately calculating how much you would like to make for profit, you have more control over that too. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Reina, this is just such good information. And then you had mentioned in the interview that you actually had this pretty awesome fee calculator, which I'll definitely put in the show notes. But I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about that calculator. Sure. So several years ago, I was invited to speak at a conference with like a a panel. And it was all about different therapists and private practice at different times of their practice. So I had just gone out on my own. And so part of what I presented on was how to do this. How do you calculate your fees? And so that was in its early stages. And I've since kind of revised it. And so it's a spreadsheet that lists some basic personal expenses that you're going to want to consider. And it gives an example with everything filled out, and then it gives you a blank. So the example would be like, you know, all the things you need to consider for your personal expenses, but it's not exhaustive and there's room for you to add more in there based on what your life is. And so with the personal expenses, you're going to want to determine what your contribution is. If you're in, you know, a family household where you're sharing the responsibilities of the expenses, then you would put, you know, what you need to be contributing. And then there's another spreadsheet that calculates your practice expenses. It has stuff about the office, cleaning, technology, different supplies, other miscellaneous things you might need to use, like an attorney or all the different business taxes that you have to pay when you operate a business stuff for your CPA, insurance, marketing, and then even if you're going to contract help as and use assistance for administrative stuff, which I think most people should do at a certain point because it becomes too much once you're really full to handle it all yourself. And then the other part of it is, Then it gives the itemized breakdown of how to determine what your weekly service type is, the amount that is, how many clients you see a week at that fee price. And then it gives like a total and there's a whole calculation that is like a little calculator and you just plug in the numbers based on what you have in the spreadsheet. And then it helps you to determine you know, how much you need to make each week based off of how many weeks you're going to work within the year and how much profit you want to make. That's awesome. I mean, I love how like comprehensive it is. And I'll link to this in the show notes for you guys, but you can find that 
fee calculator over at creativeclinicianscorner.com forward slash fee and then a dash calculator. Raina, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful just when you were speaking, I, I was just thinking like for you doing this is not just like, you know, I like this stuff and, you know, which I know you do, but it's like you've been through the fire, you know, you've struggled with this and you've figured it out. And I'm just so grateful for your willingness to share that knowledge with us. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm excited to share and really want therapists to be able to be successful and not have to close up shop because it's financially unattainable. But I think it is financially attainable when we are mindful and deliberate about how we handle the business portion of things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Raina, where can we learn more about you and and the good work that you're doing in the world? So you can learn more about me at my practice page, which is floridaarttherapyservices.com or at my other business creativeclinicianscorner.com, which is a resource for creative therapists wanting to build a practice. Perfect. Raina, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me, Melvin. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Raina, and especially if you are trying to figure out how to set your fees and like me, if you have like a very overwhelming feeling every time you think about fees, I hope that today's podcast conversation has just given you just a different way of approaching things and, and given you a bit of encouragement in terms of how to actually set things, not set fees, not just for your business, but also while considering the life that you want to live. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Raina mentioned that a fee calculator, which again, you can find over at creativeclinicianscorner.com forward slash fee and then dash calculator. As we wrap up again, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for supporting today's podcast session. If you're looking at electronic health records, either in just a season where you're like, man, I want to transition managing everything online, or if you've done if you're initially even just starting out and you're like, man, it's a, it's a good idea to just have some sort of electronic format right from the outgo, I encourage you to check out Therapy Notes. They're actually a local company. I've gotten to know them here over the past, past couple of years, visited with the co-founder of Therapy Notes and gotten to meet up several members of the team and even the support team. And I actually wanted to share just a personal experience I had with them. So uh, recently, as I mentioned on the intro, I was getting ready to make some updates and and put my therapy notes profile on my private practice website. And I connected just with a wonderful customer service rep. Uh, Xavier, if you're listening, thank you so much again for all your help, who sat with me for over an hour, answered all my questions, and walked with me in terms of setting up my initial consult page on therapy notes, and then was even willing to actually stay outside of his work hours in order to help. And I was like, no, you don't need to do that. I want you to go home. And But I think, you know, I think if Xavier is like one example of that, I feel like, you know, I'm sure therapy notes is full of such people. And so I don't know, for me, it's like, I really value good customer service because for me, like I like technology, but something like setting up electronic health records can be it's a little intimidating for me. <laughs> and I just wanted, I liked the peace of mind knowing that I could just call and 
someone would walk me through everything. You can learn more about Therapy Notes over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash therapy notes. Have a great rest of your week and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, hope you enjoyed today's podcast session. And especially if this is your second time listening to this podcast session, I hope that you've picked up just a a new level of insight and something that helps you on your private practice journey. As I mentioned at the beginning, I will be back with new episodes very soon. And before we wrap up again, just wanted to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Um, I actually wanted to use this time just to talk a little bit more about not just the directory, but what we're doing and what my big vision for STC is. You know, as Selling the Couch grows, uh, what really weighs on me is how do we use um, our influence and how do we use the resources? And for me, how do I steward well um, all of what I'm creating? And so we're actually taking 50% of the profits from directory sales to create a scholarship fund for kids who have been rescued from brothels in the commercial sex trade. Um, when I was a grad student, I um, was very fortunate to work three weeks in Bombay, India with the NGO and with social workers in Kamartipura, which is the largest concentrated red light district in the world. Um, it's the largest red light district in Asia. And uh, I spent three weeks there, um, spent uh, a day right in the heart of the, cent- of the red light district, um, going into brothels, with um with with the social workers um doing lots of education on everything from HIV AIDS um all the way to uh, trying to figure out what what some of these workers, the challenges they were facing. And I spent the majority of my time about five hours away um, helping at a school where the kids of these workers um, were were and uh, just to, teaching different classes, uh, getting to spend time with them, reading bedtime stories to the little ones. And f- uh, ever since all of that happened, I just have always felt like, man, if I ever get the chance to do some big things in the world, I want to make sure that uh, everything I create uh, leads to something way bigger than me. And so, um, and fortunately, selling the couch happened and now the STC directory is happening. And so this is where... Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, we can dedicate our time and our resources, and I really have some big plans as we go forward with this. Again, you can learn more about the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Be sure to enter the promo code podcast to get your first month absolutely free. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, I will see you next time. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically. 
and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.